I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is a very special guest, and we're going to be talking about a topic that I love very, very dearly. We're going to be talking about Swim Mac. I'm an alum of Swim Mac. Love this program. This is a storied program. It's a storied club in all of swimming history, and today we're talking to Megan Esteem, the new head coach. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mel. so proud of you it's like it's this has been the weirdest year it's been the toughest year but like it, it, and with a lot of our peers and a lot of our friends because we're both national team alumni we both we both represented team usa so we have these informal get-togethers and and we sort of lament what's been going on this year but a lot of wonderful things have been happening and and so many things wonderful have been happening in your life that i forget about it but we're coming off of you being aska's age group coach of the year which is huge congratulations Thank you. Also a board member for the American Swimming Coaches Association, ASCA. Um, you are you're the only female on a board of 15. So 14 men, one woman. And uh, you are, I, I don't want to lean on this, but, but it, it is worth acknowledging you are the first female head coach of a USA Swimming Club super team. Swim Mac is massive. And uh, that's, a, that's a tall order. Wow. Yeah. So wonderful, wonderful things where, where it's, it's been, so it's been a hard year, but it's also been a year where a lot of people are, are having success and I'm talking to one of them right now. How, how is your head? <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like I'm in the twilight zone a little bit. You know, we, we started moving, uh, moving towards our sectional meet in March and we were on the way and then we turned around uh, at the, at an exit when we found out that we weren't going. And ever since then, it has been like the, the they they picked up picked up the game board and they tossed all the pieces around and then they switched all the squares and then they said go. <laughs> you know, you know what's interesting is that in these hard I'm I'm an I'm an older gentleman now I'm a man of a certain age, and it's uh, the funny thing is that you never lose that connection to your coaches, yeah. and I have called my old coaches in my in my darkest moments, just to sort of rebalance and that relationship never ends and that's the effect that coaches have on swimmers lives so I'm, I'm my point is I'm over 50 and I've actually done these check-ins and I've done some check-ins with some former swim mat coaches but uh, the, so these are trying times and I, I do think that coaches keep us centered but what about coaches being centered how do you stay centered when you're a coach who do you lean on uh, it, that's funny that you say that because the first call after I accepted the position was to my coach Jack Ridley back at Chinook in Seattle. That was that was actually my first call, and and he he knows that, and I wanted to share that with him because of the impact of 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 who a coach can be in your life. And actually, I was talking to Kathy McKee; she was introduced inducted into the Hall of Fame on the same evening that I was getting my coach of the year award. I mean, and, and she is uh, a genius, a, a leader, just a fantastic person. What she shared with me when we were talking this morning, wasn't her lesson plans and her X's and O's. She shared with me um, an essay from one of her swimmers that 
that shared that she did have an impact. And so I think we're all trying to stay solid for our kids and we're trying to stay solid for our teams. But you're right, behind the scenes, um, you know, we're human too. And, and so I lean on my husband tremendously. Uh, I actually still lean on my mom tremendously. And I have an amazing inner circle of friends that have helped me through not only the, the March, April COVID, I feel like we've, we've gone in a bunch of phases. There's the March, April. I remember in one of my like podcasts to my team in, in May, early May, I had the audacity of, of thinking that we were, <laughs> I said, we should be in the pool in about a week and a half guys. This is me. <laughs> we were not, but um, you know, that inner circle has been with me in different ways throughout each little phase of, I think as coaches, we really have to be able to talk behind the scenes because when we show out on stage, we, we, we can't bring our stuff with us. It has to be about them. It is. And, and it's a, but co- coaches are, I always, my wife's like, why didn't you coach? She asked me like, why didn't you coach? And I said, I, I spent so many years pouring myself into swimming, uh, but I was aware, especially as an older as an older elite of the sacrifice that coaches make. It is a, to me, it is, it is, it's not a religion, but man, it's, it is almost like this holy order of coaches. It is a monk like existence. You are standing on deck holding space and you have the minds and hearts of kids uh, that you're guiding. And it's, uh, and you're, you're not at home for dinner. Oftentimes you're missing a lot of weekends. And I, and so my answer to my spouse was, I just don't have it in me. I didn't want to make that sort of dedication. It was too much. So deep respect for the deep respect for this choice. And uh, I think what's fascinating about you is that you, you've, you've, you've gained mastery. You've, uh, and you've been, you've now you're being acknowledged for that. Um, you know, the, the, when, when this happened, when this came down, there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes because there were a lot of coaches in the running. We're not going to talk about those coaches, but it's a, we were aware that the best of the best were being interviewed but for a super club. And I made a phone call to, um, and I think I can share this. This is, I think I can make this public. I, so I called um, the head of sport development for USC Swimming, Joel Shinnefield. He was the former executive director of the College Swimming Coaches Association. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's up? I'm taking your temperature and uh, tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts on, on Megan. He goes, she develops kids from, from age group to Olympic trials cuts. And that's the business that we're in. That's the thing that we care about. We, we care about performance and soup to nuts, nose to toes. She's got it. Great hire. And I thought that was a, that was a, I really trust that guy. He's got, got a lot of respect for him. So let's get into it. You're, um, the expectations for, for a club like Swim Mac is that you're going to be producing people that, that, that make Olympic trial cuts. Uh, you, you, have the, you're, you have these young kids coming into the program. What are you looking for? Where, you know, where, where, what's the starting point if there's a 10-year-old little Jane Doe, she's on deck, and uh, you know, what, what's, what, 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 uh, where do we begin? That, 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 we like, that, that, that we like trying. That, that that's fun, that getting out there and um, throwing yourself into something is fun. I think if you have that, I think you're basically good to go in the process of swimming. I mean, not, not everybody is going to be Mel Stewart, you know. We, we don't all have that, but, you know, like we talked about the national team stuff. I, I wasn't a great swimmer on the national team. 
I, but I, I, I maximize my potential, you know? And so, so what I want for them is to be into it and, and, and to, to get after it and, and to, to expand and, and to get better and, and be totally, totally excited about that process. And then things happen because if you, if you're open to it and you're excited about it, you are going to think about your streamlines or you are going to push that, that little, that little edge more and, and good things are going to happen. You know, you were, um, you, you were talking about coaches and, and how this is such, it's, it's a hard life. And, um, on the plane down, I watched that Netflix special undefeated. And I thought I was, yeah, I thought I was going to watch a movie about a football team that was undefeated and they lost their first game. And I thought, well, so obviously not. <laughs> and then I, and then I understood that they are undefeated in, in life. They can, they, they got out of there and nothing will defeat them. And that's what we're supposed to be doing with sport. In fact, he said in there, I, I wrote it down for the kids. Um, it was something like, you know, we, we play, f we play football to get at your heart or something. And so this, this swimming thing that we do is, is the conduit to get there. So what I really need from 10 and under Susie is that you're open for my access. Like if, if we have a, a point where I can get stuff into you and that stays open, whether you're 10 or 18 or, or 25, if there's a place for, for that energy to go back and forth and the knowledge to go back and forth, then, then we can do things. I'm going to get more into the, the, into the, the, the philosophy of coaching. <clears throat> we do want to cover a few beats first. It's uh, you're stepping up. It's, this is a, this is a tall order. How do you transition from what you, what you've experienced so far in your career to a super club to this is a 700 plus member team and your position is, and you can clarify your position. So how do you make this transition? And, um, and then after that, you explain your, your position is a little bit different. You're going to be, you're going to be overseeing coach, a lot of coaches. And how do you, how do you do that? So my, the, the team that I'm, that I own and that I'm with Eastern Iowa Confederation, um, we're very widespread. So we need to be a team and, and flow not only in training, but in culture over, I, I think my farthest swimmers, their houses are 400 miles apart. And mm -hmm. so, so I've got a lot going on in, in a lot of different places and the practice that he does over here and that she does down here, we have to dovetail because people are coming into the base practice when they can travel. And so we've got this, we, we, I have a system in place with curriculum and, and delivery across all levels, across a giant span. And, 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 and it, it comes together with the culture of the way that we do things. And so I already really have this in place. So there might be one swimmer up here and five swimmers down here and 10 over here. And Swimac has 300 here and 400 here. But actually that's, that's a lot easier because I only have two sites. And I have a staff of full-time coaches and they're really smart. And there's so many resources. You know, actually when I was going through trying to understand what this position was, they said, uh, you know, this person does you know, these six things. And this person does these six things. And this other person does these seven things. And each time they said that, I kept thinking like, well, what am I doing? Because I already do those things. I do those 21 things right now. So, so I, I, 
I, I know what needs to be done and now I have help in a way and through resources that I just, I didn't have. We were, we're building, but you know, Sumac has two 50 meter pools. I don't have any 50 meter pools. The resources of, uh, with, with the knowledge base, the population base, the, the cultural base is gonna level up the systems that I already have in place. And, and, and we talked about my coaching philosophy a bit. That's for anybody, like so, somebody on the national team that tries to learn from their coach, gets up on the block nervous, puts their heart out there and, and lives with what happened is the same exact thing that a 12 year old is doing. A, a, a B level, not state qualifying 12 year old is trying to listen to their coach and then they're going to get up there and they're going to be a little scared and then they're going to throw their heart on the line and then they're going to live with what they did. And then they're going to cycle it again. That's all we're doing. So, so it is, it is different. Like, yes. Okay. I'm coming from a, a small club to a giant club. It's a, it's a different context, but I'm doing the same thing and they are doing the same thing. And the system is already in place to help everybody level each other up and come together to do that thing. So it is different, but in my mind, there's, it's actually more similar than different. It's, uh, I didn't think about the fact that you, uh, this is the, this is the hurdle for coaches all across our country. And this is the, the lifeblood of United States swimming at the coach level, which is that we have a lot of extraordinary coaches toiling away and they're wearing 50 hats. And they're managing so, so much. And when you ascend to the level that you have ascended to now, as head coach of Swim Mac, it does, it, 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 in many ways, it is easier. And, uh, and I didn't consider that. I, I, I'm, I'm full disclosure, I was so wrapped up in how proud I was of you, <laughs> but how, also how proud I was of Swim Mac. I, you know, I, I went to the Swim Swam nerds, the staff, one of our, so our co-founders, and I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think about this? This is, this is um, you, know, what, you know, what's your opinion? Because they, trust me, they all have opinions. <laughs> and they, they mirrored uh, my feeling, no hesitation. It's like, yeah, this is a really smart move. This is a great move. Um, this, this feels, this, this is the, what we expect from Swim Mac. So, um, the, so the, there's a lot of, you definitely earn this position and, and it seems like a great fit. Uh, but going back to that point earlier, it's, uh, I didn't, I, I, I've been too wrapped up in, in how proud I was of you and of some Mac to even consider that. Yeah. In many ways, this is going to be a whole lot easier for you. And I think that you're, I imagine that you're, you're cause coaches evolve over time and get better and better. You see them standing on deck and they get better and better. This is going to be a this is going to be a quantum leap for you, and uh, yeah, this is you're 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 going beyond the PhD. This is going to be the postdoc. I actually do feel like my team in Iowa was, was my PhD project. There were so many systems and so many so many projects I needed to do for us to function, and because I I like to compete, you know, like I, I am a nice person, but I'm also like very competitive. I'm very competitive. And I, I think I'm mostly competitive with, with my, what I think of my best self as. So I, if I know that I can do better, then I'm very driven to do better. And I, when I compare myself to 
what I think the model should be for what I do here as a coach and how well I do, then, then I just pick away because there's so many ways we can level up as coaches. I don't think we're ever going to run out. So pick a project and level it up and pick another one and level it up. And at some point there's going to be a synergy involved when, when you, when you get enough of that stuff coming up. And, um, you know, I, I, COVID for me was, was interesting because like I said, in the car, we turned around and on the way back, my first thought was how am I going to serve these kids? How am I going to keep my team, the people, the little, the little people on my team and their parents to some extent, how am I going to keep them? Okay. You know, ultimately our job as swim coaches is to create a context for, for these kids to experience swimming in the best way possible. So now do that without water. Okay. It was like, it's like I got an assignment from my, you know, from my professor. Okay, great. You can deliver swimming in that context. And, and, and I believe you're, you're, you're delivering the kernel of swimming, but now deliver the kernel of swimming without water. Go. So we did, so we did that. And, and actually I think it made our swimming time now that we are back in the water better because the conversations that we got to have were, were deeper and covered all the things that I want to talk about. And so now when they come back to the pool, we've had a deeper conversation and I don't have to have that while we're swimming. So, so they leveled up during that time. And I believe I leveled up during that time. So, I mean, there's always a way to get better. Choose one, actually level up. You know, like sometimes we think about the ways that we can get better and, and then we don't do anything about it. <laughs> we don't, we don't finish. We start and then we, wander off and get distracted. And so I think one of the things that is important in a, in a level up, whether you're an athlete trying to work on your underwaters, and that seems great at the, the beginning of the season. And then now we're doing 500s and I can't do it for that many walls and now I'm tired. And so I'm just going to drop that and I'll start again in March. And then I'll start again with my unders, underwaters in September. At what point do you actually own that as an aspect and it's integrated and then you level up something else because you don't lose that block? You know, and I think it's the same for us coaches as it is the same thing we're asking our swimmers to do. I think we need to model that. Coming from a, uh, a coach owned program to a, a program where you're going to be, you're answering to a board uh, you know, I, I started thinking about that and that would trip me out. I'm a, I'm somebody who likes to, I'm somebody who has a lot of ego. I like to control things. I do. I, there's a lot of parody that we're in our company. So among the co-founders and owners, there's, everyone has their own responsibilities and we don't, we, we, we stay out of each other's real estate. But so I'm, I'm just thinking through this now. It's like going from coach owned to, to, to a board, a, a parent run club that, that seems daunting, but I have a feeling that you're, you're still dealing, dealing with the same HR situations and the same, I have to have a relationship with these parents and, and service their, their kids. It, well, do, you, do you perceive a difference or is it the same thing? Uh, I mean, the, the, the big difference. Actually, the first, the first words out of my mouth when the conversation was opened uh, was, you know, thank you very much, but I'll never work for a board. <laughs> And it's, and, and I have so much agility. Like I can, if I think it's a good idea or, or I want to try it, if I want to, you know, jog left or post, right. If I think that's a good idea, 
then I answer to me and I answer to the delivery of my product, which is serving these kids. So in a coach-owned environment, yes, the content is the same. You know, there's season plans and there's marketing. And, you know, I think some coaches come into uh, some frustration with boards, which is valid. And they say, I, I just want to go coach own, so I don't have to deal with this anymore. Okay, well, I, th I think there's some misplacement when they say, I'll be my own boss, and I don't want the board to be my boss. I think there's some misplacement because now every single client is your boss. So you don't deliver a good product, then in, in you're out. There's no one to protect you. You're, you are out there on your own. And so if you can stand on your product, then you're going to be just fine. You're, you're going to be great and no one's going to hold you back. So I think on the, in the highs and lows, I think potentially, you know, a board can go this high, but you don't have the freedom to go this high and, and a board you can fall, but they'll protect you on the bottom. Whereas with, without those, without the ceiling and the floor, you, you better hit it. So I think they're getting to know the people at SwimMac. I, I came in with that perspective. Like, oh, you're going to limit what I can do. I don't, you know, and I don't, I don't want to have to explain everything to you. And now after this transition and after conversation, I actually feel like I have a team of people helping me. They, they want me to succeed and they want the team to succeed. And I've never had a team in, in terms of a bunch of adults behind me before. And I made the switch to to this 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 could work for me when i realized that to this point i basically did everything alone and now i have i actually have support i don't have to do everything alone and and that offers a dynamic that actually blows through the ceiling you know, because together, together we can we can do so much more, and and I, I I'm definitely a, a team player person. Like in my little summer league experience, when I found out that you that we're scoring points and then a team wins, my first question was like, "Mommy, did I score points for the team?" You know, like I thought that was just the greatest thing ever that I could score points for the team. You know, and um. And, and I think that's really what happened with this transition is I realized that I could be part of, of a team that where, where we have more together. And uh, that was kind of my, my flipping point. It's um, I think, I think it's a lie when you're on your own club or when you own your own business that you, you, you live in it. I, I think that it, I think you have so many responsibilities. And it is on your shoulders. I think you tell yourself that this is better. <laughs> I think you tell yourself this is better so that you can look through the hard points, all the, all the little hidden struggles and hurdles that no one ever sees when you're toiling away on your own. And the truth is that you do have more support when you're, when you're at this level, but also SwimMac is a very, this is a sophisticated culture. It's been yeah. in place for a long time. The, um, are you familiar with Pete Carney or Jeff Gackle? Do you know those names? So Pete reached out to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, so, you know, there's one of the things that has been really humbling and I'm like deeply grateful for is 
the, the support that was offered and the love that was offered over this transition. And I, I love my friends in swimming. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll do anything for them, but it's not because I think they'll do anything for me. It's because I love them. And the, the outpouring of, of we've got you, we're proud of you. And yes, you deserve this. And yes, you're going to be great. You know, run on Megan, run on, we've got you was staggering. And, and so in this, in, in the outpouring of texts and emails, I got an email from Pete Carney and I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't know him. I've never crossed paths with him and he's the founder of Sumac. Founder, founder, he's founder of Sumac. He's out and then he had, and then he led North Carolina at the LSC for forever. Yeah. And, uh, so foundational player there. Yeah foundational player and when he reached out with his support and an offer of of continued support i just thought i i gotta i gotta do well with this i mean you know it's like vince lombardi just gave me the game ball like i better run with that <laughs> his connections in swimming are so deep this this guy was just always there so he yeah he, he started he started before it was swim mac it was mac right. and uh and then he brought in Jeff Gackle, and Jeff Gackle was a was a great hire. But Pete was the head of the LS, the local swim committee there. I think he's been on the board of USA Swimming probably more than a few times. And but he was one of these guys who was just he loved swimming, and he was a volunteer. And then he was a photographer. Like he 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 had oh. he was like he took. So there was probably you know ten or fifteen year period when we, where if you saw a picture of a swimmer competing, you were probably looking at a Pete Carney picture. <laughs> so real sweetheart of a guy. Um, so it's, it's good to know that he reached out and that that's awesome. Yeah. I felt really good. Um, this is a, uh, this is a situation where you, what, what are your, what are your expectations going in, in terms of having this many athletes? And, uh, cause I, I hate to say it's a factory for champions, but it kind of is. It's, uh, you know, you know, where's your head at when 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 you're when you're stepping in and you're going to be overseeing 700 kids, and you're it's like it's not it's not going to be like I'm looking at a few age group kids who have talent. It's more than likely you're going to have several that you're going to go wow these kids. I know that every kid's important, but you're going to be you're going to see it's an exciting moment in swimming. Everybody celebrates this. We report on kids breaking state records as young as nine and ten. People flip out and get it does news like Michael Phelps story. Yeah. Uh, what is your expectation there? So, I mean, I want to circle back to the fact that, yeah, high performance is fun and exciting. But so is a kid breaking 30 for the first time or getting their first B cut. That's actually exciting, actually. So, so yes, there's a, there are a lot of kids doing a lot of cool things. And I want to celebrate all those cool things. Um, for a period of time, my son went to a school where the principal or the headmaster was outside every morning greeting people, you know, and, um, and there's a lot of kids at that school. So there's probably the same amount of kids in a uh, elementary school or middle school or high school setting that I have on this team. But if the principal can know the names and, and, and be connected with people, so, so can I. So I don't think, I don't think it's unrealistic to know the people on my team. I mean, right now I know 135 
kids and all of their parents and, and their siblings. And, uh, you know, it's not really a tall order. I mean, how many people do we know on the national team? I mean, I, I, I could tell you stories about 700 people. <laughs> so the, if these are my people, I'm going to know all 700 people. And I, I really don't think that's crazy to say because Mel, you and I know thousands of people. <laughs> so building relationships, I don't have to have coffee with them every day. And I don't need to sit down and do Tommy's homework with them, you know, but, but do I know how he's doing when, when I watch those kids and, you know, Tommy's dragging his stuff behind and he's not with the group. Well then I want to, I want to kind of hang out with Tommy for a second because I know that Tommy's usually this, that, or the other. So I think, yes, it's a lot of kids, but plenty of people hold a great number of people in their hearts. So I don't think it's unrealistic to say that I can hold 700 people in my heart. I'm, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes a day with 700 people, but can I hold their welfare and, and guide their journey in swimming personally? Yeah, I think I can. A lot of we, we had some commenters who were reading your story and um, the, the the report that came out with the announcement about the, the head coaching position and they were like, what is this? What is this coaching position? It's like, what what does she have to do? Is she this? <laughs> is she CEO of coaches? Um, can you explain what that relationship is going to be like and and what you anticipate? Yeah. So. Um... Well, I'll tell you a long time ago, I guess it was like six years ago, seven years ago, whatever. Um, you know, I told you I want to level up areas in my coaching and, you know, we'll never run out of those things. And one of the areas I wanted to level up was uh, relationships and communication and making sure that I could find that, that button or that leverage point for each person. So, um, so I did a certification for a, a life coach and going through that process kind of flipped the way that I think about performance. And what I'm doing here at SwimMac is, is yes, I've got to get kids to high performance, but getting coaches to high performance gets the kids to high performance. So I think it's, it's uh, it's swim life coaching really. So, you know, coaches, Coaches are frustrated with all sorts of different aspects of, of what they do. So how do I remove those barriers or smooth out those barriers or make their lives easier as a coach who understands that that is a barrier, that that's hard. How do I, how do I free that up? How do I look at this in a way that, that smooths their ability to create high performance swimming? Cause I mean, we have incredible, there are incredible coaches here. There's no lack of content. But do they have the elbow room and do they have the creativity to succeed? And when a kid moves through the program, what does that system look like? And, and what, what do we need? What, what bolts and screws do we need to tighten up as they go through? And, and what's the time to really to press the ignition? And so what a coach of coaches is, is, is creating or facilitating high performance in the adults just as much as they are in the kids. And so it, it isn't just that I have, you know, 24 kids in the water that need to win junior nationals. It's that I need to play the long game, which is my favorite game to play. <laughs> I need to play the long game with which, how am I setting up these 11, 12 year olds for success? And how do I have that conversation with the dolphin division coach 
in order to make sure that they have the tools they need as they move through the program. So like, are the tenant unders getting um, their toolkit of a hammer and a saw and a screwdriver? Do they know how to use tools? Great. And then are the 11, 12s getting like pieces of wood and putting them together in different ways? Great. Are the 13, 14s like learning how to build a structure? And then is the senior group becoming an architect of design for their future in swimming based on the fact that they've got a hammer and they've got a screwdriver and, and tools and they've learned how to put things together now create your future. And so I'm kind of guiding that process for the whole group through these amazing coaches that are really, really good at delivering hammers and teaching people how to use hammers or really, really good at, um, you know, teaching kids the different ways that you can put the wood together. So there's, there's a 30,000 foot view on this architectural project that we're, that we're systematically designing for these kids, you know? about 10 minutes left we're about nine minutes left i want to so th- th- there's certain milestones you reach when you're a kid and it's uh and i and I, you know you're you i'm thinking back on my father's relationship with frankie bell who was a legend in north carolina frankie was who developed me she's the the reason why i love swimming and he was he was in a negotiation with her. They really had a great relationship. That my father's thing was he wanted when I was until I was about twelve, he wanted me to play all sports, and he did not want me to go to more practices unless I started to plateau. So it was a period of time where I went to three practices a week, and that was it. And then it was four practices, and then it was five. But my father was holding. He wanted me to have a full experience, but he was also holding back. He didn't want me to hit eleven sessions a week too soon. He was very concerned about that. And I didn't do 11 sessions a week until I was like 14, 15 years old. And even then, uh, that there was a variation on that later on. So what's, you know, what's your philosophy when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're, you know, when you have this relationship with parents and that's like my father had with Frankie Bell, you know, what, what does that look like? I think that parents certainly at the age group level, 10 under 11, 12, I don't think there's anyone more excited and passionate about the sport than they are. And that is amazing to be around because they're full of hope and promise and opportunities. And sometimes as coaches, we've been, we've been in it for a long time. We've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids go through the sport and age group swimmers and parents are passionate and excited in general and optimistic. And I love that. So I, I want that. I want parents to say, what can I do? How can I support this process? And my response to them usually involves, hey, we've got a hammer and a screwdriver and a saw, and we got to get really good at this because you're going to need that later. And I think sometimes maybe they, I mean, a lot of parents, it's their first time through the sport of swimming. They don't know. They really don't know what, what we're building, what treehouse is going to come out of that. And, and we don't know what, what's going to come out of that. You know, every kid is different and, and their path is different and their trajectory is different. So when it comes to like, hey, um, we're really good at this hammer using, uh, you know, can we have some wood now, you know, to, to, to play with? Well, we're not quite ready for that because there's the screwdriver. And we got to get good at using all the tools before we not. move on to playing with that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to think of what your hammer is. I would, I would call... There, there were two moments as, as a kid growing up when, when things changed. And, and one was 
I didn't fear swimming the mile. Yeah. And uh, not the, you know, can, everyone's not going to do the mile. But, you know, Tom Jager, who was uh, the fastest man on earth, on balance for a longer period of time, the Mappiandi, if, if you guys know these two titans of, of sprint. But he, his first big meet was the mile. That's what he swam. So, but that is sort of a, this is a, that's a hammer. You got to be able to pick up and swing that hammer and know it. That was, that was a big moment in my career. And th that was at 12, 13, 14, 15 was no longer fearing 200 butterfly. And that was because of one coach, a guy named Bruce Stein, who swam at NC State. So that's a hammer. What, is that a saw? What, 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 what do you call that, Megan? <laughs> Well, I mean, you need to know, I think at the tender level, I think you need to understand how to handle yourself in the water. So we'll, you know, that's where sculling and floating and, and not being on the wall, being in space and being able to move yourself is really important. And I think at the 11, 12 level, I th well, you know, and yes, you need to know where to put your stuff. Like where do you put your elbow and when do you put your head somewhere? that's really important at the 11, 12 level. I think you, you learn to, to hurt a little bit, you know, like, and that, and that that's okay. And that there's so many good things that can come when I step out of my comfort zone. So now I know what to do. And I know that, that expanding it and doing it in a way that's not necessarily comfortable will give me rewards. And now I'm 13, 14 and I'm going to think about like putting that together because I can't do one without the other. So I can't, I can't just play pretty and I can't just grind. So at 13, 14, I need to bring my, my pretty and my grind together because I mean, we all know like we, when you're able to, to sustain a really hard workout without losing your technique, now you're, now you're moving. So that, so that's that 13, 14. And then, you know, 15 over, like I said, you, you are the architect. What do I want to do with this? I get that there's technique. I get that there's discomfort and push and I get that I have to have both. Now, what am I going to do? And I mean, I think when we're co-designing this thing together, there are endless possibilities what you can do. And, and yeah, I think, I, I think mastering the tools at each level and being open to the preparedness and the, and the creativity of each kid within the context of all the support that their family gives look that their parents are the one, the ones that can be your greatest supporters. So when I say, Tommy, you need more sleep and I need you to stop eating pop tarts. Who's in charge of that? And I am not in charge of that. Their parents are in charge of that. Do I have their support? Do they understand why I want them to do that? Are they on board with the exciting possibilities we're trying to create for this kid's future? And if they are, Things are going to be awesome. So, I mean, I don't, have, I don't have a lot of fights with parents when they're super excited and say, I want more because I want more too. There's always more to do. So in terms of your transition uh, to Charlotte, where, where are we at in the process right now? Because you're in uh, a hotel room. <laughs> I flew in last night. This morning I went for a walk and my ears actually got like freezing cold. And I was like... The false advertising. <laughs> when I was down here meeting people a couple weeks ago, I was just sweating. <laughs> sweating. And I'm like, okay, this is going to feel like a hot pool all year round. And then this morning I was like, oh, I, apparently I need a hat and gloves. So where I am is, uh, you know, in the, in a, like a washing machine of like 
everything's different. And, um, you know, that's actually hard for me because I, I really like sort of a, a routine of momentum. I like, I don't want to think about like one of the things that I enjoy is having a uniform because I don't think that's one less thing I have to think about. Is it the blue shirt or the gray shirt done? I can start thinking about my work. So transition, I, I, I mean, I think it will be difficult for me because now everything is new. I don't know my route to work. I, I, I got lost three times on the way to my hotel last night. I don't know where to eat. I don't know where the grocery stores are. It's a, it's a Harris Teeter instead of a, a high V and I don't, yeah. So there's all those little teeny tiny things that I think my brain is just going to have to settle down with. And so I think I'm going to lay low in a lot of that side of my life and just breathe through it and, and just try to get some momentum so I can concentrate on what I love. Charlotte is a, Charlotte's a big city. People don't realize that it's a big place and it's uh, it has a lot to offer, but you know, you drive 20 minutes in one direction and you're in farmland. So there, there is, Charlotte has a lot to offer and uh, the culture has a lot to offer. It's a good place. I wanted to stay there and, and live there. And uh, <clears throat> my wife's like, no, we're not moving there. Your mother's there. <laughs> that's a joke, but that's, it, it's a fun joke. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you gave us some time to come on. And uh, I hope that you check back in with us because it's a, it's just, this is a big moment. It's a big transition. And I know right now it, we don't, you don't know what it is. All we know is that the expectation of success is there. It's always there. I think all of us coaches, no matter where we are, whether we're coaching a 50-person team or a, or a 500-person team, the expectation and, and the direction that we all are aiming at is exactly the same. And when coaches do that together, when we can we support each other with that, I think it levels up the whole world of swimming. Have you told all your peers? Have you told your national team peers? Um, I mean, I haven't really made an announcement. Um, I don't know. Like, it doesn't see my national team peers are crazy awesome. They're, they're so, in, they're such incredible people that, you know, not to downplay this because this is amazing for me, but like, you know, Michelle Guerrero-Leone, who's, you know, doing her chemical engineering at NASA, like it, that's great, Megan, you know, <laughs> I mean, good, good for you. Good for you. And she would mean it. But at the same time, like, is what I do more important than, you know, rocket scientists? They would all be very proud. I meant to go and just tell everybody. And, uh, but it's a, and I, and I will, I just want to make sure everyone knows because it's, you know, for, uh, for us, it's like, it's one story, it's one announcement, there's one social media. And, and, and sometimes people miss it. I want to make sure everybody knows, but everyone's going to be very excited. And, you know, we only have to tell a few people and they'll tell somebody else. <laughs> Yes, definitely. All right. Come back on. Any parting thoughts? I'm just, I'm excited for the opportunity, but I'm also excited for all the connections that this has rekindled for me. And for me, whenever, whenever I feel, like I said, I'm a te I'm team. I'm all about team. And when I feel that support, I, it's like, it's like the swimming community and our national team friends and all my well-wishers have like reminded me that I have a cape on my back, but the cape is what they gave me. And they're like, fly, go, you can do this because of 
all of this support. And, and I think that's just, I mean, I get to experience that every day. I, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.